Well, welcome back to the podcast. We are in episode 28, and today I'm talking about ADHD and eating disorders. I'm going to be sharing with you my personal struggle with ADHD and my journey of awareness and clarity and so much more. You will want to listen to today's show. I really think it is going to bless your day if you yourself struggle with ADHD, you're not alone. There are many links between eating disorders and other mental health issues such as ADHD. All right, girlfriend, let's get started. Hey girl, welcome to the Her Best Self podcast. I'm Lindsay Nichol, former competitive figure skater and perfectionist, turn God-led imperfect boy mom and digital CEO. If you find yourself constantly thinking about food and wondering if you'll wake up one day free from the obsessive thoughts and behaviors controlling your life, then I've created this podcast for you because I know exactly what it's like to be a downright hot mess trapped in the destructive cycle of disordered eating. I finally found freedom and you can too, girlfriend. So if you're ready to heal your relationship with food and body and break the chains of control and show up in your best health, then Grab your favorite Tarjay journal and let's get to it so you can start living your best life as your best self. I'm going to dive right in to our topic today because I have a lot of goodness that I want to share that's been on my heart. I know some of you struggle with ADHD, which is also known as attention deficit or hyperactivity disorder. And this is a condition in the DSM-5 that is known as attentional deficit or predominantly inattentive presentation. And essentially what that means is that you have functioning within your brain that is different. And it's not wrong. It's just different. And it's really important to understand the connection with your eating disorder and eating disorder recovery or disordered eating in general, and how the ADHD brain, if you live with an ADHD brain and an eating disorder brain, more disruption to your life. And it really is important to understand the connection between the two because rarely do mental disorders and illnesses appear alone or appear by themselves. And so for the longest time, I will say I did not get diagnosed with ADHD until I was 30, I believe. So, so much made sense to me when I looked back on my childhood and when I looked back at really the the time of my recovery. And I just felt like it was so much harder. And I couldn't really understand as to why was it so much harder? Why did I feel like I had to work 20 times harder than other people And this was in life, this was in work, this was in recovery, this was just in all the things to finally get to healing. And so when I realized and I had this awareness of I'm not wrong being different, my brain is just different and I can embrace the difference and I can leverage my ADHD brain to work for me instead of making it harder and sitting in the space of being naive with the journey and the struggle. And I will say that awareness was something that was super important because even today I can struggle with some of the tiny tasks that it can take a regular person without ADHD to complete. And instead of beating myself up over it, I have learned to really embrace it and approach holistic healing. And when I say holistic, I look at it as approaching the entire 
mental state, my entire mental state, right, of healing. And in order to really heal from an eating disorder, we have to be able to really heal from other mental things that are exhaustive in our life. And mental health issues, they cohabitate. It's very common for someone with an eating disorder, maybe yourself, to experience high anxiety, to experience depression, to experience ADHD, to experience OCD and compulsive disorders. All of that is very commonly associated with those with an eating disorder. In fact, numerous studies show that individuals with ADHD are anywhere between a three to a 6% times the average rate for developing an eating disorder than someone who doesn't have ADHD. So today I want to break down a little bit about my story. I want to share my experience and going through navigating healing and understanding my brain at literally my 30s. And then also share with you a path forward. If you're struggling with ADHD and you're really not sure where to go from here, or maybe you're in the recovery process and you're wondering, like, why does this feel so hard? Maybe some things today will help shed some light for you. And I want to preface the episode today because I just want to share this is personal journey only. This is my personal journey. Yes, I am a practicing eating disorder recovery coach. I absolutely adore my private clients. We have wonderful relationships and I have had so much success in helping women navigate recovery from eating disorders and find true and lasting freedom from eating disorders. But in no way do I pretend to be clinical. In fact, I actually prefer not to be because I'm able to coach you with the here and now versus going into layers of trauma, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted to talk about this subject because I feel like it is so overlooked and it's so linked in my personal opinion to eating disorders. And so it's something that I didn't want to sit on. I wanted to share my personal journey in my diagnosis. Studies have said strong link between ADD, ADHD, and an eating disorder. When you think about ADHD, and maybe there's a couple of you who you don't know much about ADHD, maybe you don't have it yourself. So I want to break down a little bit about ADHD and what happened in my own life. So growing up, I constantly talk about my figure skating world and the desire for perfection. I am very passionate about speaking about this because I know many of you are either retired athletes, you were gymnasts, you were dancers, you were skaters, you did some sort of sport growing up, which honestly is probably why you're still here in my space, because you can relate on many levels, the pressure of those things and the desire to want to be perfect, the desire of that self-accomplishment and achievement. And that is very tightly linked with eating disorders. One thing about attention deficit is that when I was growing up, I didn't realize that I was feeling never good enough because I had this constant state of pressure on myself and this anxiety. I would be doing schoolwork and I would have anxiety during testing. I would never perform well when I was competing against others. But if I had a blanket sheet of ice 
And I was skating by myself or during practice sessions, I was unstoppable. But when it came to other people watching me or scoring me or really any way for me to get into my own head and think for too long, I always felt like I was never good enough. And controlling my body, controlling my weight, restricting my food for me gave me that success. It was like a dream. It was something that I could control. I, I could literally control every single ounce of food that went into my body. And I truly believed that I wasn't good enough and I didn't deserve certain things, i.e. food, desserts, carbs, anything that I somehow warped in my mind to believe was bad. I felt like I seriously was different than everyone else and I wasn't good enough. Part of that now that I understand my ADHD diagnoses, was that I just always felt very forgetful. Um, I had difficulty with being careless, like not clumsy or anything like that. But when it came to details or really remembering things, focusing on things, very detail-oriented, I would constantly overlook some of those items. And so I would constantly make little mistakes in my programs, little mistakes on, again, tests growing up that would contribute to, you know, me not getting first place. And so what that did was that would then contribute to this heightened state of awareness of, Lindsay, you're just not good enough. See, this is why you're not going to be XYZ, right? You're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer. You're not going to be a United States Olympic professional skater. You're just not. It's just not in the cards for you because you aren't perfect. But rarely did I even sit with myself long enough to go, I struggle with like mental processing and I struggle with impulse control. I just had this belief in myself of failure and some weird anxiety in terms of pressures. Another thing that came up to me was just that feeling of like my mind was almost in a place of disarray, in a place of unorganization. I think of it as like Google with 20 tabs open. And so I would constantly have 20 tabs open, Xing out one tab while reading another tab, very indecisive constantly going from a place of being easily distracted. Even in my adult life, after my kids were born, and I was completely recovered from my anorexia, I would just have such a short attention span. It was like I could never get anything done on my to do list. And so I constantly thought, even when building the business, this is just not for me. I'm not good enough. Yet again, that theme would continue to occur in my mind. But it really is important to understand the connection between ADHD and your brain and the way your brain functions and the way you show up in the world. And especially if you have disordered eating or you have in the past or disordered eating behaviors that have led to anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, any of the like, because they are linked and you're not alone. And so today's episode, I just wanted to share some awareness, give you my personal experience. So as I, actually, as my son was experiencing many of the same symptoms as me, I went and got him tested because he was experiencing some behavioral issues in school at the age of literally two, three, four. I think we ended up getting him tested when he was four, my oldest son. And part of that diagnosis was an eye opener. I mean, you talk about looking at the mirror spinning image of everything that you 
have struggled with and still to the day of the diagnosis of your son struggle with. And you're going, oh my gosh, these are all the symptoms that I deal with on a regular basis. And I have just been comparing myself to other people my entire life and always getting that self-satisfaction of being able to control my life in every single way possible, whether it be work, whether it be food, whether it be whatever outcome I I set my mind to. And it was literally eye-opening. And I told my husband, I said, I think I have this exact same thing. Like, I need to go and figure this out. As an adult, I need to go and figure this out. And part of the reason why I will say I don't like fault my parents in any way, I think ADHD has become more common as we've learned more about it. And so that's why nowadays we see that children are often diagnosed. Whereas when I was growing up in the 80s and the 90s, right, it was just not something that you regularly saw. When you thought about ADHD, it was more around boys who were super hyperactive and they just wouldn't ever sit down in their chair. And it was almost like a joke again, right? We were just very naive as a culture to understand mental health, even though we're still new to it. But it wasn't something that girls were really diagnosed with. And so I don't blame my parents in any way for not recognizing these things about me. But to this day, I know it obviously it was genetic. I feel like my mom shows tendencies of it as well. And so when I actually went to my doctor and said, I think that I'm struggling with this, it was hard because my brain was telling me that, no, Lindsay, you're just not able to run a business like this person over here. Or Lindsay, you're just not good enough. Remember, it takes you a lot longer to sit down and take an exam right? This was when I was going through my master's. This is when I was getting my certifications. Like it just seemed like it was so hard. It felt so hard. Why was it so hard? Either I was just the dumbest person on the planet, or it was really that hard. And so for me, it was more around the focused attention and the ability not to want to procrastinate all the time. I constantly feel like my mental processing center or something was completely off. And so I remember as an adult, literally cleaning my kitchen and then walking into my son's room and starting to clean something in a drawer of my son's room and then realizing that I was cleaning my kitchen and then not being able to find the spray that happened to be in the laundry room. Like it was just constantly misplaced. So I look back and I realize that some of the failure that I put on myself that ultimately led to the controlling tendencies around anorexia was that I believed I just wasn't good enough. And I also had a failure to set boundaries with other people. I was a people pleaser. And still I fight with that today. Maybe you do too. But I constantly felt like I was saying yes in all the areas of my life, putting more pressure on myself so that I would be like. And part of that was my brain's inability to really sit down with itself and think through the entire process. Like, do you have time on your plate right now with all that you have going on to go do this event or volunteer over here or take this child over here to a birthday party? Like, do you have time to do all of that? Or are you just completely wrapped up in your own stuff right now that you're just going to say yes to all the things and then completely burn out? And so I did this my entire life, but managing life just got super hard. And so when I finally sat with myself, looked at my son's diagnosis and was like, this is it. Like, this is it. Not only did the clarity literally just, it was like a combustion in my mind. 
it became so much clearer as to why my eating disorder recovery just felt so much harder than everyone else around me. I would have days where I wanted it more than anything on this planet. And then I would have other days where I just couldn't even focus on following a nutrition meal plan that I had been given. I couldn't focus on having a snack. I couldn't focus on processing anything. It was like numb. Now I know that parts of that were definitely eating disorder brain trying to keep me slaved to the eating disorder. But other parts of that, those were those neurochemical and psychological and biological and genetic reasons of the ADHD brain with my eating disorder brain coexisting together. And so I share this today because if you struggle with careless mistakes, you have difficulty with details, or you're overlooking things, you feel unorganized, you feel like your mind is just in this constant state of Google tabs and unawareness and cloudiness and indecisiveness and you're daydreaming and you want all these things, but you're easily distracted on all these things and you have a short attention span and you hear me and you're like, wow, you're talking to me right now. And you just don't understand that that could be the way that your brain functions. And it doesn't mean it's bad, right? Just like food isn't good and bad. It's just different. It's just different. And so what I've learned in my ADHD diagnosis, I feel like it took off so much pressure to perform. It took off the pressure because now I know how to use it for my own good. I know how to show up for myself. I know that I need to stick to some boundaries. I know that there are going to be days where my mental processing and impulse control is highly sensitive. I know that I don't like to listen to fireworks on the 4th of July. I know that I'm sensitive to certain foods. I know that I can really experience levels of procrastination. And so it's something that I decided for me need to be treated by a licensed professional in order for me to live a life managed where I wasn't just putting like a bandaid on some of the symptoms. And also I didn't want for the eating disorder voice to come back in. And so I found that it was extremely important for me to look at it from a holistic approach to healing. And so I say all this today because you're not alone if you deal with this as well. And treating ADHD and eating disorders is something that is extremely, I feel like, important to talk about because when we, when we focus on treating ADHD, then we can become more equipped to recover from an eating disorder. We have to do these things together, but we have to do them as different parts of the puzzle in order for it to be holistic and well-rounded. And so I have many clients that I coach who are also, I'm working as part of their care team. And so they're working with a licensed therapist who knows that they have a certain mental health condition that is also contributing into their life, like anxiety, depression, ADHD, OCD, other things. And so treating that problem is in its singular form is very important. But also what's important is looking at it from this holistic way of being. And so looking at it separately and treating it separately, but then managing it holistically. And that's where recovery coaching is really important because we can go, okay, I need to set goals this week 
on really planning what snack I'm going to have, or I need to really get clear and focused on my impulse control because I want to overeat and overeat and I'm mindlessly eating. And then it's just this way to escape and feeling like I just can't stop. And part of it really is the link with the ADHD and what I believe is that compulsive eating that binging, that purging. It's like you want to feel in control and you're struggling with managing control. And so you have this difficulty focusing and you're coping with food or a lack thereof. And it makes you feel better. It makes you feel better. It makes you feel more successful. And literally, I feel like ADHD married up with an eating disorder is like porch fuel to a fire. Really looking at these two mental health issues together while we're treating them separately is something that I fully believe in because that's how I have managed to really heal my own journey and really heal my own life. One thing that I do want to share today is that I really want you, if you get anything out of this episode, I really want you to sit with yourself and admit that maybe there is an issue. I will tell you that the biggest part of experiencing ADHD and then leading up to my diagnosis and me wanting to get help for it was very similar to me leading up to my eating disorder diagnosis and recovery. It was like, I didn't want to believe that I had a problem. I didn't want to believe that that might be an issue. I didn't want to believe that I was different because in my mind, different meant bad. Different meant you weren't perfect. Different meant you were not better than anyone else. And even though I didn't really care about other people, right, my perfection was more of an internal measuring stick. I wanted people to like me. I wanted affirmations. And and if I have this brain condition, then something's wrong with me. And that's how I felt. I had the stigma of that for a really long time. So even though I say I was like light bulb moment with my son's journey, there were moments where I just sat with myself and I was like, no, I'm just forgetful. I mean, anybody with this much on their plate would be forgetting things. Anyone with this much on their plate would have high anxiety. Anyone with this much on their plate would be constantly distracted and maybe daydreaming and being indecisive. And then I realized, okay, do I want to get stuck in that place of not even acknowledging it's a problem? Because that's the first step, right? That's the first step. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because maybe you're there with ADHD or some other mental health issue that you're experiencing, like anxiety or depression. But maybe you're really there with your eating disorder. Maybe that your first step is acknowledging that there are some things that you are struggling with. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. So the first thing I want you to strip is that identity, that label, okay? You are worthy just because you are. I say that all the time on the podcast. You are worthy because you have purpose and God has put you here on this planet to live that purpose out. And ADHD and eating disorder brain are just something that we have to deal with because we are warriors, okay? You are a warrior. You are a warrior. And Sometimes we have to deal with these things that, you know what, maybe they're not the easiest, but acknowledging that they're a problem is the first step in that recovery process. It's the first step in my ADHD diagnosis was going, oh my gosh, forgetting to go to my kid's school to pick him up is a problem, okay? And so I will be the first to admit that 
multiple things had to lead up for me to go, it's not me. It's not the person that I am in my heart. This is not that. This is completely a neurochemical, a psychological, a biological, like all of this are reasons why I am feeling the way I am. It's just the way that my mind operates. So knowing that I can raise my hand and I can go, now what am I going to do about it? The Community Health Network talks about ADHD is connected to that brain's reward system. And a study showed that images of food stimulated the brain's reward center at higher levels in people with ADHD than in people in the same study who had not been diagnosed with ADHD. And so this could be why that the brain responds to an increase in risk of developing an eating disorder and those that have ADHD. Also, ADHD is often associated with how the brain interrupts signals and cues from the rest of the body. So if you have a sensitivity, I mean, it can make it really challenging when to know to stop eating, or it can also make it challenging if you have a restrictive eating disorder and you may not even have an appetite, right? Maybe you get stressed and you just don't eat. And then another thing about hypersensitivity, I kind of shared about it with my own journey. Maybe you have more difficulty eating certain type of foods. Maybe you feel like in physical situations, senses wise, such as like a smell, taste, any of that, like surrounding environment gives you some anxiety. And so all part of this is part of the root cause of ADHD and how sometimes this can be linked with eating disorder behavior. So lastly, but not least, I just want to share that this is okay. There's hope. Yes, you may have that ADHD brain that doesn't produce enough dopamine. And so it reacts in this reward type deficiency. And this causes you, literally causes you to seek satisfaction from food, or it causes you to have a food-like stimulation that increases these dopamine levels, or it causes you to restrict, to build up reward sensitivity because it's rewarding and it's satisfying when you are restricting, right? If I'm speaking to you today and you're feeling this, I just want you to know, again, you're not alone. I almost didn't want to share my own ADHD journey because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like, again, our society is very limiting in terms of understanding the ability to process mental health. But I know my ladies here will respect it. And I just want to be transparent. I want to be vulnerable with you. If you're here listening to my podcast, I love you. I appreciate you. And I see you. And maybe you have poor impulse control. And maybe you don't have really great sleeping habits. And maybe you have irregular eating habits. And maybe you just feel like you're constantly going crazy and crawling out of your own skin. And a lot of that is also your brain. It's your brain. And so treating both ADHD and eating disorder together, it really is part of this overarching holistic approach. I want you to spend some time with you, love on you today. I want you to know that you are enough. You are enough. And food can become a way to cope and feel in control, but God is in control of your life. Girl, you don't need to live with this any longer. So the first step is really admitting that there may be an issue. And regardless if that is an ADHD diagnosis like mine, or if it is a eating disorder diagnosis, I want you to sit with yourself and I want you to ask yourself, 
Does this feel like it is impacting my functioning? Does this feel like it is impacting my daily life? And if so, what am I going to do about it so that I can experience freedom from this? Because I deserve that. Because sister, you do. You so deserve that. I just want to encourage you today. If you are looking for support with recovery, I just might have exactly what you're looking for. I work with ladies and we develop intuitive healing practices that we can go to. It's like a tool in this massive toolbox that we can learn new skills. And I work with you personally, and I will help you as you navigate food freedom and recovery along the road of your eating disorder journey. You totally got this, girl. And if you would like more details, you can send an email over to me at info at Until next time, I'll talk to you soon. Oh, friend, thank you so much for letting me share what was on my heart today. My hope for this podcast is to help more women find freedom from food and body. If this has empowered or blessed you, let me know. I'd be honored for your rating and review of my show, and I'd love to connect with you in my private Facebook community. You really can move from perfection to purpose. Let's break the chains together. I'll help navigate the way. Until next time, bye for now, girl.